Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1213 as we bear down on Christmas. December 20, 2023. 51 degrees on this day in 1967, and I remember that day. And 24 below on this day in 1916, I don't remember that day. Hail the flashlight, King! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Uh, do we have... Time. Where's the fanfare music? Here it is. I have it. We're going to welcome a new GLer to town. Oh, Carrie Clat Moran. Oh, hi, Carrie. Uh, oh. Has had a child. Uh, she and her husband have had their second child earlier this week. I got the foghorn ready. You don't have to. Really? That's why she got the fanfare. Her name Boy, is. Oh. Girl, a girl. Okay. I was getting to that. Okay. Her name is Josephine Elizabeth. Well, you can't. That, that that's not. No, Josephine's a wonderful name. Josephine Elizabeth, and, <gasps> uh, named after the mayor. Well, I think Josephine Elizabeth. Well, but you Your know, middle name is Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And she notes that we're both doing well. Merry doing well. Merry Christmas to all of you, Carrie. Wonderful. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, so a new GLer in town. Harry. A little bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. Just in time for Christmas. Isn't that sweet? That is nice. You can stick that little kid in a in a stocking and hang yes. it hang yes. up. I on got one of those. Right by the chimney with care. Those make great pictures. When you stick mm-hmm. the infant in a stocking and then nail it to the hearth. We've got one of the little guy on the dinner plate, you know, oh, yeah. with like all the fixings oh, around right, him. On the, right. Yeah, that one's a neat one. There you go. I, I have See? a lot of wonderful emails, and I, I occasionally like to. Uh, uh, Willard Anger Claus. See, he's playing a little Santa Claus. Oh, okay. There. He said, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. I presume you will be off next week. No, we're not. Oh, God. Uh, Willard, we're, we're off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yes, sir. But we're going to be back next Thursday and Friday. For live shows to take GL into the new year, isn't that correct? Yes. Yes. And we got a note from our uh, an atheist fan of ours, Rob, who writes, uh, "I was listening to the December nineteenth podcast, and you guys were discussing that narcissistic cheese puff who swore in for the school board role on a stack of banned books. Remember out in Philly yeah, or sure. Virginia." Yep. You wondered what an atheist might use in that situation. I can only speak for myself, but if I were ever in that situation, my choice would be easy. A copy of the U.S. Constitution. A document I hold dear to my heart and one that has stood the test of time in spite of ourselves. Also, a point of clarification. I would not use the Bible not because of disdain for it, quite the contrary. I would not want to be accused of hypocrisy, and I would deem it disrespectful to people of faith. Most of the folks I know as believers are wonderful and kind people. And as a fun side note, as a fellow drummer, I thought you might think this is cool. Look up Nandy Bushell. I know who he's talking about. She's a teenager 
she got into a drum challenge with Dave Grohl and just took him to school. Oh, wow. Just a little kid, and she's fantastic. If oh, she never... didn't take him to school, but yeah, they're buddies. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, she yeah. she was right along with him. But she's, yeah, she's very good. She's damn Excellent. good. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And then he uh, concludes, uh, I hope you all have a very happy Christmas and savor the Grunhofer meats you will undoubtedly be enjoying. Cheers, your atheist friend, Rob. Okay, <laughs> Joe. I was, this swearing on the Constitution is probably the best idea I have ever heard. Yeah. And I was going to suggest that he should run for office right up until he said, I'm a drummer. And then now I, yeah, I cannot support him. Sorry, Rob. That's a good point, Kenny. Good point. <laughs> I'm having a little fun with Rob. Do you have, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, Kenny. Okay. okay. <laughs> Uh, Chris, do you have the audio of uh, Representative Sandra Feist, which we played the other day in reference to her authoring a bill uh, placing female menstrual products in all school bathrooms, male or female? I have a note uh, from Jim who writes, talk me off the ledge here. I just finished the... Dis uh, by the way, remember the woman yesterday who said, I listen to every single podcast. <laughs> Have you guys seen that flag? Looks like the Somali flag. Hey, now. She, she emailed me today and said, I knew you guys would be crap yeah. for that. <laughs> but I listened to the yesterday's podcast this morning. Uh, Jim writes, please talk me off the ledge here. Just finished the December 18 podcast, and I have a question regarding the menstruation portion of the discussion. If you fast forward to 1213, I guess that means what, 1213 of the show? It has to be. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have to do that. We can just listen to Sandra, can't right. we? Yeah. Uh, if you fast forward to 1213 and listen to Sandra Feist's words for approximately five seconds, does she intimate that the word female will be obsolete, or is she referring to something else? If and only if I heard that correctly, that comment has to be in the discussion. Everything else you covered on the show regarding the products is a distant second to that topic. Yeah. Please listen and tell me what you think. I will gladly, I will gladly stand corrected. Jim Wolf, I think he's our I, fellow that uh, came up with Sensum's Razor. Joe, I think Jim's right. I think he's right on. Uh, do you have it, Chris? Well, that's why we're going to replay it. Yeah, what are yeah. we listening for? We're listening for her to say... It's kind of an, an aside almost, right. um, like she's saying, well, it's going to happen. And this is a woman who is a uh, legislator from what, the northern area of town, the northern suburbs? Something. Uh, like I forget that. where she's Whatever. from. Whatever. Sandra Feist, F-E-I-S-T. Let's hear what she said. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, right there. all students who menstruate Stop. are female. Right there. Stop. Start it over. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students hey. who menstruate are female. I don't know what that um, means. I think she may have meant the bathrooms, the, the male, female bathrooms. The female bathrooms will become obsolete. 
Yeah, that's she my, needs to yeah, order to you. That's what, you know what, it's really hard to pay attention when you're counting the times, how many times she says, um. She's a very poor public yeah, speech. She talks way too fast yeah, for a representative. just a failed Academy product. Uh, I would I would rule if Jim's looking for a ruling. I have to agree with John. I think I I think we'll do it one more time. But I think what she's implying is that in her worldview there would be no such thing as a female only bathroom. Yeah, got it. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students. But she does say we might become obsolete yeah. very quickly, yeah. which would imply females might become obsolete. But let's not complicate it. I think she's just, uh, again, she's a Mysterian who's ideologically just a fool. And she she apparently envisions a future in which there would be no uh, male or female bathrooms. Yeah, and by we, uh, my takeaway was she was referring to Minnesota. Yeah. And you in the back? Isn't the much, much, much larger issue that, what do we have? The lowest test scores in the history of the state. Mm-hmm. Kids aren't reading at grade level at what sixty percent, I believe, right now in yeah. the in, in the metro area. Yeah, and this is what we're worried about. Well, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Chris, facts don't matter. That's true. You, you, sh- you in the back, shut up. Facts don't matter. Got it. Well, let, let's keep with the audio <laughs> because I believe we have a new Kamala Harris word. Festival. We sure do, Joe. Uh, Kelsey's convinced that this woman is constantly high. Just God. baked off her just, ass. She's just constantly <laughs> well, baked. You know what? That's okay. She is baked. Let's There's be a local. So we should think person. about Joe. We should think about her the same way we hold Snoop dear or Willie Nelson dear to, or Cheech and Chong. Ah, they're good guys. They're just high all the time. Yeah, but they can't hurt me the way she could. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I love the Snoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did the Snoop pull one of the greatest fast it's ones? The best ever marketing gimmick when ever. he said, "I'm going smokeless." <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It was he brilliant. Was, he was referring to solo stoves. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant marketing. Uh, in any event, Kelsey, who thinks Kamala is constantly just baked out of her mind, <laughs> she uh, she has served up another doozy. And uh, Chris, I haven't heard it, but I trust that. I don't even need to hear them. I know I will hear a doozy. She was Do a, we know the context? Yeah, she was on the last word with, oh, shoot, I can't read the guy's name, but I, you guys would know. A radio what, show? No, it's a television show on MSNBC. Oh. Here's 45 seconds of Vice President Harris explaining why our freedoms are all And this is stake. yesterday, right? This was yesterday. The Correct. last word with Lawrence O'Donnell. Thank okay. you. You know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. We are literally talking about people who are attempting to divide our country in the most crude, frankly, and profound way. We are talking about those who are intent and purposeful 
to to attack fundamental freedoms, be it the freedom to make a decision about your own body, the freedom to love who you love openly and with pride, the freedom to be free from fear of violence and hate, the freedom to just be, the freedom to just be. The New York Post says Kamala Harris serves up another word salad for the most election of our lifetime. Joe, I'm reading here, transcript, she goes on to say, uh, this bowl is fried. Could we repack this and put some new bong water in, please? Got it. She sounded so baked there that she was falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Motion to introduce every Kamala Harris uh, soundbite then with the beginning of this. (laughs) That's what she's feeling. I wish uh, this is the most election of our lifetime. Yeah, I wish we could play. We don't need another the, adjective. No. I wish we could play hits from the bong because that would be perfect music to bring her on every day, wouldn't it? <laughs> hits from the bong. I think the kids. I think kids deserve the right to be free of violence, and we've got a situation in Minneapolis where we got the gunshots fired at a daycare center. Yeah, you got the kids in there. They're drawing on the, yep. you know, making their stick figures. They're, they're making candy cane feet. for take home oh. to mom. And all of a sudden, kids hit no. the floor. Yeah. Hit not, the floor. Not, only, pop, pop, not pop. only that, I hope you have the other detail of what was going on, right? Well, it happened at the New there. Horizon Daycare near the intersection of 34th and Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Police Chief O'Hara told reporters it happened around 5.15 p.m. and that a number of children had left a room to go visit Santa when uh-huh. bullets went into the building. Oh, that's my correct. Right? God, they were meeting Santa. They were meeting Santa. And uh, we find this uh, most concerning. Speaking I, I of think baked off his ass. Police Santa. say no one was injured, but the chief called what happened deeply concerning. I, I think you are correct, chief. It's deeply concerning. You know, the kids are at, uh, the kids are at daycare. What the hell? Yeah, leave them alone. Let them, let them play their toys. Now, and Kelsey, Kelsey noted something else. Boy, I just have a lot of material today. Kelsey noted something else. He remembered something else. You'll recall we've we've uh, uh, given thumbs down to this 55-year-old nutcase in Canada who wanted to swim with the gals yep. and then change yeah. in their dressing room. Do you remember John Grunseth? How times yes. have changed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How yeah. times have yeah. changed. Yep. Uh, on October 14, 1990, Public allegations of sexual misconduct were made against Grunseth. And this dates back to on July 4, 1981, Grunseth held a pool party at his house. It was alleged that his daughter entered the pool naked and Grunseth joined her also in his birthday suit. When two of his daughter's friends... Refused to swim naked, Grunseth attempted to tear off their swimsuits. Is that proper protocol? No. Nine years later, the girls, uh, Elizabeth Moulet and Leanne Nelson, now adults, levied accusations against Grunseth with two other women. Lisa Hare and Heather Charles corroborated. Grunseth denied the allegations, but they severely damaged his candidacy Nine party attendees submitted affidavits stating they had witnessed nude swimming. Two members of the rock band that performed at the party that evening remember seeing the man and a teenage girl swimming 
without their clothes on. <laughs> After the scandal, he lost his job at Ecolab, where he was the <coughs> vice president of public affairs, and he now lives and runs a cherry growing operation in Australia. Really? Yes. <coughs> Well, he probably landed on his feet, but that I think Didn't. that that compelled Arnie to re-enter the race. I think yes, he was the right in. Arnie yeah. was the right in. Didn't he win? Yes, he beat uh, Rudy. Yep, your guy Rudy. Didn't he use the George Costanza line? Is that wrong? Was that wrong? I, 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 I'm not sure. Was that well, wrong? Well, here's here's Shrinkage. the here's the question for today. If in uh, 1981, he, in fact, attempted to uh, disrobe two minors. Uh, would that still be a crime today? In other words, what if the 55-year-old fruitcake in Canada not only was swimming with the gals, but attempted to take their suits off? Can we still have faith that he would have been arrested? Yeah. I, would hope, I would certainly hope so. Yeah, I would. I would hope so. Because that's twelve and thirteen year olds. Yeah. So that I this, this Grunseth thing, now that I'm being reminded of it, was far more serious than I remember it being. Mm, yes. I remember people were singing, "Although, Ooh, Mr. Grunseth." Given the state of of where we're at, would we go to lengths to pr- protect? The fifty-year-old swimmer, because he identifies with the certain. Well, there would be team. a faction of people today who would. Back then, you couldn't have found anybody. To no, defend. but your question was: Would I, we arrest this guy? I, I, I'm hoping we would have. But apparently, in 1981, the two girls who were just 12 and 13 at the time. They they might have told their parents, but their parents probably didn't even do anything. I remember it was until they got Joel. adults that they they came and said. Mm. Yeah, it was late 80s. I, I, I remember everybody being outraged. Well, good, but uh, I have a note from a fellow in Canada, a listener in Canada, Darian, who writes, Hello, Garage Logic. I've been listening to you guys for a while now since Garage Logic was mentioned by Sheriff Bob Fletcher on Live on Patrol. I'm a young adult, 27-year-old male living out of Calgary, Alberta. I went on the Freedom Convoy straight to the Capitol, driving 2,175 miles one way. I lost my job because of the medical choices I made that, quite frankly, should not have been any business of my employer to begin with, let alone the restaurants, gyms, and other establishments that I was barred from, even though a year prior I was labeled a hero for being a delivery driver and working on the front lines, as they called it. I went from hero to zero very quickly. He's obviously talking about the COVID period. I just may have to hit up Precision Garage Door and see if they have a job for me because things just keep getting worse up here and it's difficult to find work, let alone a, re- let alone a reason to build my life up here. Garage Logic, along with Live on Patrol and other YouTubers from Minnesota, it sounds like a place I'd like to live even with the terrible government. It's just not that much better up here except for my provincial leader, who is Danielle Smith. She is a keeper of common sense. And when asked by the media if she was going to stay up to date on her booster, she said that is between me and my doctor. To dismantle the Freedom Convoy, the federal government used the Emergency Act. Never, I never used War Measures Act, which gave them powers that were only meant to be used in the worst possible scenario. They used it to freeze people's bank accounts, some that were just a mother donating to the cause. The CBC 
publicly funded media shared leaked names of people that donated to the Freedom Convoy. Tamara Litch, a 50-year-old native mother, is facing 10 years in prison. She has already spent weeks in jail for being an organizer in one of the most peaceful protests that have happened in history. She was in jail before even being found guilty of a crime and has been in a court case that has lasted over a month and is ongoing as we speak. Meanwhile, police officers and citizens are murdered by violent offenders allowed on bail or parole. The reason I say all this is, does that sound familiar to you? I've been paying close attention to what's happening in your state. The interesting part is that the exact same things that happened there have either happened here already or are currently happening as we speak. That 55-year-old male uh, who was in the changing room with children, it doesn't seem like they are making a joke out of it whatsoever. Here's a video show him showing him running from rebel news reporters last week. He is shouting, please protect me from these people. In other words, the 55-year-old nutcase uh, said, please help me from these people, meaning probably parents who were chasing this right. idiot. He is clearly suffering from mental illness, which these institutions are promoting. They have now put up signs and the, uh, late, uh, and the latest event saying no media allowed when these signs have never been there before. Instead of protecting the children, they are protecting one single male who shouldn't have any problem changing in a room that has the same genitals as them. But even if they have a problem, it's the kids who are most vulnerable and their safety matters most. You recently mentioned Chinese police stations being in the U.S. In Canada, we've known about them operating here for quite some time, but we've heard nothing about them recently. The last thing that was said is the RCMP, the federal police force, is investigating. Months later, there is strong evidence that China has an influence on many politicians in the last two federal elections. This is just a small snippet of what's going on here. So I say we should both, as United States and Canada, look what's happening on either side because both of our countries have the exact same thing happening. To say this is planned by some outside source I don't think would be a conspiracy theory when all the Western countries are seeing the exact same thing happening to them. I could go on and give more information on the convoy and the utter nonsense that's going on up north, but I think you get the point. I really wish I had the answer on how to fix this mess because some of you have mentioned that if this is it, is it over? Have we lost? I don't think so, but who knows when this will end. If you look at the polls for the next federal election in Canada, the tides are shifting. We have predictions stating that the conservatives would have a 100-seat, 170-seat majority government. This party is still not the end-all, be-all, but it's a step in the right direction, and I hope we can gain some common sense. Uh, anyways, that's all. Thank you for all you do, and hail the flashlight king. Please explain that to me, because even though I've been listening for over a year, I have no idea what that means. Your Canadian listener, Darian. Uh, hail the flashlight king stems from a time when I, uh, well, I still am an avid uh, owner and collector of flashlights, but I think it mostly stems from the time we had a power outage in town for about five days, and I uh, I rented flashlights to my kids. They, it was own family. They had to pay to use a flashlight, and then there was a return time that had to be. And didn't they have to declare hey, the, the salutation? And when they approached me, they yes. had to say, hail the flashlight king, may I rent a flashlight? Yep. <laughs> and then I would arrange to. Uh, right. right. Was there a deposit? Yes. A refundable deposit? It was a $5 deposit, deposit for each rental. 
How do you address Darian's um, want to move to Minnesota? Darian, I don't think you'd be better off here except for one thing. Precision Garage Door is hiring. There we uh, go. See? You're the right age group. You sound like a, a, an intelligent fellow. You sound like you would enjoy this outfit. Use us, Darian. Tell them, tell Precision Garage Door you heard all about us, uh, all about them. And if you get hired, Joe will go along with you on your first uh, install. No, I, I won't do that. Oh. He, he would not need me to do that. Precision <laughs> Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin is hiring. They're hiring garage door technicians. They're making up to 90 k a year. Garage door installers, more than 50 k a year. They, they need help running their warehouse inventory. The salary is based on experience. Come on down, Darian. These are good people. They're an equal opportunity employer, and their employees stay because they appreciate and compensate electric work. These guys don't charge more for weekend visits. They inform you of the whole time they're there via text or if you just want to hang around with them. And they do everything from top to bottom, including new garage doors. That's precisiondoormn.com. Precisiondoormn.com. Or call and meet them to see if you're a good fit. Mm -hmm. Hot fit. Good fit. 612-263-6985. Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. I do feel fine. Joe feels fine. The crew feels fine. We feel fine that Minnesota Masonic Charities is out there helping people, and they help thousands upon tens of thousands of people. And how do they do it? Well, as you well know, Minnesota Masonic Charities, one of the leading grant makers in the state, including primary support for the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital and the U of M Masonic Cancer Center. Both great institutions leading the fight against cancer. The fight does not stop, but you need research, prevention, treatments, cures. And one of the leading cancer research institutes in the nation is what you have at Minnesota Masonic Cancer Center. Their research on the causes, prevention, detection, and treatment of cancer has helped tens of thousands of people. You can visit their uh, beautiful campus in Bloomington, poke around. They're welcome visits, but find out more about them prior to that at mnmasoniccharities.org. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. The word's out, and all you got to do is go to their website to learn more about Minnesota Masonic Charities. Here's a piece from uh, Breitbart News. Yep. Uh, they take uh, Axios to task. 
Axios is a website. I believe it's a little left-leaning. If, yeah, if I'm fair. wrong, I'm no, wrong, but I, I think I'm on solid ground that's there. Fair. And according to Breitbart, uh, Axios is gushing. They're gushing. Gushing? Over a new study that blames climate change for people fleeing Democratic-run cities like the metro areas of Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and Washington, D.C. Hmm. I can't. Let's see here. Climate migration is already taking place within American communities. New data finds as people flee flood-prone areas and create climate abandonment zones. <laughs> writes an unquestioning Axios. The study, John, will you do some homework, please? Sure. I, yeah. can, I can't come up with who did the study. Okay. The study constitutes the latest warning sign of the effects of climate change. Axios continued without skepticism. Population shifts and a larger reckoning for real estate are only expected to worsen as global average surface temperatures rise. Well, this is absolute nonsense. Uh, Kenny, you moved from an urban core right. to, to where you are now. Did climate change ever factor into your decision? No, no, okay, not once. You. Never, never thought about Reavers, it. Well, he gets more snow. Reavers, you live far away to begin with, and now you live farther away. Did climate change ever impact your decision? Further is in addition to farther is time, right? Farther is distance. Got it. Yeah, uh, no, climate did not have anything to do with it. Rook, you moved out of St. Paul basically to the area of South St. Paul. Did climate change affect your decision? Yes, it was way too hot in St. Paul. You. (laughs) I did not at all. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Joe, it comes from a, a, let's see, a research published from a team of scientists at the nonprofit, uh, nonprofit First Street Foundation and their outside partners. Now what look up means? First Street First Foundation. First Street Foundation. That's what I think. Well, this John, is did you move, nonsense. Did you move from North Dakota because it's too windy there, John? I, I did not. Oh. The premise of the study undercuts itself in a big way with the admission that Americans are leaving the Rust Belt in droves in leading, in leading to areas of greater climate risk in the South and Southwest. So the study contradicts itself or the interpretation of the study. It's not a study. It's a bunch of balderdash. Mm-hmm. It and also uh, contradicts today's news stories saying more people are actually moving to Minnesota. Right. Yes, John. Uh, The First Street Foundation, uh, from their page, their mission is to make climate risk accessible, easy to understand, and actionable for individuals, governments, and industry. Changing climate impacting the risks of facing American properties, communities, and businesses as perils like flood, fire, heat, and other perils become more common and more severe. And then there's another two paragraphs uh, saying, you know, the basically the same. So so the people who really do want to end Western civilization will stop at nothing, including lying Mm -hmm. significantly and enthusiastically lying. I I, I defy anyone to find. Well, you can probably find one or two people in this country who moved and and would cite climate change. I don't know who they are or where they would be. Well, could you say I moved from Minnesota to Florida? Yeah, but you're risking you're risking you're risking more weather there. I'm not suggesting you're risking more climate change. You're risking more probable weather, problematic weather, hurricanes, what have you. 
80 degree days in January. Yeah. So I'm I'm so confused here. So are they theorizing that people are moving out of California due to the climate, not due to the insane government and the taxes and the crime? Well, that's what they they want to. That's what they want to want you to believe. A good faith reading of the study. Well, I see. I wouldn't have a good faith reading of it, but I'll try to. A good faith reading of the study says that the conclusions come from projections and math equations. Nowhere does it say that the actual people who moved were surveyed or questioned about why they moved. <laughs> the study also uses the study, and they keep calling it a study. The study yeah. also uses a math problem to explain away local political, social, and economic conditions. But you have to talk to people to understand their motive for moving in this first what is it called, John? First Street? First uh, something, First Street Foundation. Well, they didn't right? talk to anybody. Additionally, think... the study admits that, that most of the country's migration is to areas that are of greater climate risk. No, they're not. They're not of greater climate risk. They're in, they're in danger of the kinds of storms they wouldn't see in the Rust Belt. Right. A thousand people a day are moving to Florida. I read that when I was down there. A, a thousand, day? A thousand people a day are moving to Florida. Well, they've got to be at capacity pretty soon. Well, it's a big state. When you were down there recently, how many different housing developments did you see? I can go from year to year and, and not recognize last year. Right. When we were there in March, I could not. you couldn't drive five miles without running into another uh, house, housing development. I've given you the great Souchere wisdom on this. I've said Remind you me. could take a kid who graduated from high school in Chicago in 1967, just to pick a year, and now that person's older, and they've been gone from Chicago since 1967, yeah. and now they go back to Chicago for the first time in what is that? 56 years. Close enough. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and they would still recognize everything. Yeah. Now you take a kid who graduated from Fort Myers High School. There probably being only one school there in 1967, and he goes away for 56 years, and he comes back because of the climate. He would not. He would be lost. Yep. He would not know what happened to where, where is he, it. He would not know what happened to where he grew up. Right. Although Fort Myers proper might resemble the same, it's it's everywhere else that's been developed. Any, anyway, back to this meaningless study. Yeah. Uh, the study fails to mention that real estate on the coasts, the areas that would be most at risk of climate change, no, they're not at most risk of climate change. They're 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 at most risk of the kind of storms that a rube from Minnesota would not be accustomed to. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Barack Obama has two oceanfront mansions. If he's so worried about climate change affecting coastal areas, why did he buy two estates, one in Hawaii and one on Martha's Vineyard? Well, doesn't that prove the study correct? Yeah. People yeah. move there despite the risks. Right. But there are no risks that are unusual. Well, Joe, this study was conducted by Kamala's weed dealer. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Right. What's his name again? Kamala. Kamala's Kamala. 
Kamala Harris is yeah, you know a I mean. dealer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, I just, I'm just here to tell you that uh, yep. it's all a bunch of B is and B, S is and S. Always has been and always will be. You want to stay with the climate for a minute? Yeah, don't zip through. Yeah, sure. I got an interesting note from Sean Etheridge who alerted me to a Yahoo Finance story that General Motors has had to buy out nearly half of its Buick dealers in the country because the Buick dealers are refusing to sell EVs and follow the mandates. They're choosing to go out of business rather than just sit there with lots full of electric cars that don't sell. Wow. So there goes another great American mark, M-A-R-Q-U-E, Buicks. Uh, th- this sounds the death knell for Buicks, it sounds like. We've already lost Pontiac. Who else have we lost? We've lost Oldsmobile. We've Saturn. lost Pontiac. We've lost Saturn. Saturn's a newcomer. Mm-hmm. But Pontiac and Oldsmobile are gone, and it looks like they'll be joined by Buick. And Fiat's close to death. G- General Motors said... I'm not going to listen to you. Okay. General Motors (laughs) said nearly half its Buick dealers took buyouts this year rather than invest in selling and servicing electric vehicles as the automaker's brand transition to all electric by 2030. That means that GM will end 2023 with about 1,000 Buick stores nationwide, down 47% from where it started the year. Wow. Last Whoa. year, last year Buick said it would be asking dealers to commit a minimum investment of three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars to prepare their stores to sell and service EVs. Uh, and the the dealers are saying, "Well, we respectfully would like to leave. Please buy us out." In Michigan, GM had a hundred Buick dealerships in December of twenty twenty two. At that time, a Metro Detroit Buick dealer told the Free Press that all the Metro Detroit Buick dealers were making the investment to sell and service EVs, but some smaller deals dealers in rural areas were taking the buyout. Other dealers echoed that information. Uh, so there you have it. The the, uh, the dealers are going to—they're just leaving so, the business. Just that little bit of info there at the end. You have to assume that people in the outskirts, the smaller towns, are not down with EVs and they're not going to buy them. But half, Joe, half, that should be screaming headlines on every national news story right now. That's huge. That marks the beginning of the end of the brand. The brand will be gone before 2030 even rolls around. The fellow who sent me the email, Sean, uh He's doing, I think he's doing something very intelligent. I I bet many, many people are doing this. He said, personally, I'm investing in 10 to 20-year-old vehicles and keeping them running rather than buying any of the late model vehicles with their short lifespans and poor theories of engineering. A few years ago, we were amusing when the price of gas would rise high enough to cause people to turn away. I would rather pay for gas for a vehicle that is well-made, cheap to repair, and reliable than skip money at the pump for one which is cheaply made, costly to repair, and unreliable. Have a great Christmas, Sean from Fulda. Uh, To which I would add, uh, I think we're all betting that, that if we keep our gas cars we'll still be able to get gas. Mm-hmm. When will when will the Biden and his people just say you're no you're you can't buy gas anymore? 
it won't affect me, but it'll affect kids I used to have and their kids right. and your kids. Yep. Uh, because these people are hell-bent on destroying the automobile. They're just... It's a real thorn in their side. They don't like the automobile. Well, then it's going to take something like this, these these close, closings or these sales, it's going to force the hand because think of the, the domino effect of you've got UAW workers, you've got the steel workers. Well, many got, of whom have already lost jobs during the last strike because of you don't need as many people to make an electric car. Is this a positive or a negative in that same story you read, Joe? Uh, GM says Buick sales are up 60% this year despite the closings. Oh, wow. That's a positive. Plus, people don't want... Plus, who can afford the damn things? Yeah. They're too expensive. And I think the believers are saying, well, the market will correct correct that in five years from now. You'll be able to buy a $22,500 electric car. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. I don't want one. It, it won't be any good. I don't like them. I, I just don't like the concept. I don't like the smell of electricity. What? No, I, you're right. I, I, I don't like up, the so. smell of electricity. I love the smell of petroleum. What you're referring no. to, and these guys are scratching their head, it's the smell of an electric generator, an electric uh, electric motor, yes. like your bench grinder or whatever. Yes. It's got a weird, warm, uncomfortable smell. It, it's, it, it's a metallic... Uh, it's a metallic odor. Yeah, it's hard to... It, it's not... You can't compare it to anything else. No, it's, Joe, do you know about the collector plate hack in Minnesota? I do not. If your vehicle is over 20 years old, you can apply for and receive collector plates. You pay a one-time fee, and you're done. I know. I got it on two of my cars. Yeah, but So you know about that. Yeah, I, I thought you said hack. But you have limited yeah, mileage. It, oh, right? it's, a, it's a no. frame. It, oh, no. Really? I thought they had limited mileage. I didn't know that. Okay. No. No. That's can a good I, deal. Can I share? I finally found that, you migration, hand. that migration number you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. This is from the Center of the American Experiment. I think they're a reputable source. We're referring to moving because of climate change? Correct. Uh, Zach Stevenson, he is a representative here in the great state of Minnesota for Anoka and Coon Rapids. He um, said... After losing just under 4,000 people in 2022, Minnesota gained 23,615 people in 2023. Minnesota's population growth was in the top half of the states in 2023. Okay, Center for the American Experiment retweeted that and said, Representative Stevenson either doesn't understand what he's looking at or is deliberately misrepresenting the numbers to push a narrative. Minnesota did lose 4,686 residents on net to other states in the last year. Minnesota's population grew overall. This is in thanks in part to a boost from international migration. In 2019 to 2020 and 2020 to 2021, our state's net international migration totaled gains of 295 and 5,523 respectively. This rose the gains to 14,231 and 14,575 respectively. And now they have a flag they can be proud of. So was this made clear in today's Star Tribune piece? Because I did not read it. I only saw the headline. John, you read it. I know you did. I I did, and I actually have the story in my news. I'm looking forward to John's news today. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot coming up. I like it when you guys talk about my stuff. (laughs) 
Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, that does indicate that uh, the uh, there has been an influx of people in the U.S. in general, uh, but a large portion of that influx is uh, from immigration. Gosh, I from, wonder why that is. Births. Today is Wednesday. Let's go. Tomorrow Very is good. Thursday. Followed uh-huh. by Friday. Thank you. Nice, nicely and done. And Saturday. So what's that? My Counting bir- today, my you birthday. have... Then get to EcoFun and buy yourself a present. What are you going to yeah, get Yeah, I wonder if I get the time in the town. Because yep. you have four days to take advantage of this great mix-and-match Christmas sale at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville. Okay, Columbus, Forest Lake, the same thing. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they have a mix-and-match Christmas sale taking place at EcoFun. Buy one, get 50% off. Your next purchase. A great opportunity to get two electric bikes or an electric bike and a gas-powered scooter that turns every urban area into adventure or whatever you can concoct on the showroom floor. This is a great time. It's a great sale. It involves all electric bikes in stock, Bentelli, Scootstar, Yamaha, youth ATVs, Bentelli scooters, youth dirt bikes. Uh, Vespa scooters are 10% off MSRP. But that's if you mention you're a GLer. GLers are going to be treated especially well. And plus, if you buy something as a GLer, tell them you're a GLer, you're getting the 10-pound ham from Grunhofer's, the best Christmas ham you'll ever have. This is a great time to get to Grunhofer's. And and don't forget, they also have youth recreational equipment and snow removal equipment that turns snow removal into an outdoor winter recreation. And I got news for you. Yeah. It's going to snow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't get what you're saying. It's EcoFunMotorsports.com. It's EcoFunMotorsports in Forest Lake slash Columbus. It's about 500 feet west of 35. <laughs> it's right there. No, it's not 500 feet. It's more than that, but you can't miss it. It's immediately west of 35 on 97. And in Burnsville, EcoFun Motorsports is on the service road of life near County Road 42, EcoFunMotorsports.com. Not a garage logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. They ask people who are, quote, experts in fields to name their five favorite books about that field or whatever. And she yeah. was on that. They do that once a week. Well, that's cool. How come they didn't ask me? Well, Chris, you, you have to read. read. Boy, Joe and I both... <laughs> My favorite, book, shot there. my favorite book is probably the phone book. Well, and that's interesting because they don't even produce those anymore. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are I, here. I actually still get a phone book once a year, Joe. You do only, not. It, uh, we do, but it only has businesses. It's it's all yeah. yellow pages. It's about that thick with just yellow pages. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> What's coming what, up what, on what the right? Steve Martin. The jerk. Steve the Martin jerk. is the jerk, hey, yeah. Hey, the new hey. phone books are here. The new phone books are here. Go behind the Scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. It's funny, the only one not in the holiday uh, weirdness right now is Rook. Usually he's the. Yeah, usually he's going. I got up too early today. Oh. (laughs) Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Sushi. Matcha Lotta. Matcha Lotta. That's a new today? model of a uh, Ferrari, isn't it? Yeah, the Machalata. The Ferrari Machalata. Yeah, this thing's like 1.2 million. Right. Uh, I think 
all of us here on GL are uh, touting the fact that our clients are the best clients to go to for Christmas gifts. Isn't that true? I've heard all of us talking about Christmas, uh, and I'm no exception um, because I want you to go up to Maple Grove Lock and Safe and check out the 12% off all Liberty Safe, the big sale going on through Christmas. Peace of mind, it can be yours. You know peace on earth doesn't have a shot, but peace of mind simple with an American-made safe from Maple Grove Lock and Safe, best fire protection you can get, transferable lifetime warranties, professional delivery and installation from Rich. All of this with the Liberty Safe. Check out the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Then give old Rich a call if you have a question before you show up. His phone number, 763-494-9075. Then... Grab that checkbook, the card, the cash, however you do business. Stop over to the showroom in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and take advantage of the 12% off deal through Christmas at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Here's the winner of the Minnesota Newshawk Award, John Height. You play tomorrow. This news brought to you by, thanks, Joe, the North American Banking Company. man charged in connection to that deadly crash that left five women dead in Minneapolis earlier this year had been scheduled to appear in court this morning, but that was canceled. He'll now have that hearing next year. 28-year-old Derek Thompson is facing 10 counts of criminal vehicular homicide, two for each of the victims of the crash, which happened in June. Thompson also facing federal charges for illegally possessing fentanyl and a gun. Court records show Thompson's settlement conference was scheduled for this morning, but it's been moved to January 11th at his request. Hmm. Prosecutors are expected to discuss why they're asking for an aggravated or longer sentence due to the details of the case during that hearing. As previously reported, Thompson accused of driving 95 miles an hour before exiting off I-35W, running a red light, hitting a car, carrying five women, all five between the ages of 17 and 20 years old, were killed instantly. Thompson still has a jury trial scheduled to begin in February of 2024. Thompson, the son of former state representative John Thompson. Isn't it interesting, Joe? We decided to move John Thompson's date because of the holidays, I would assume. But we would not do the same thing oh. for Kim Potter. I Isn't rem- that interesting? It really is. Hmm. Please tell me he's in jail. He's not out of jail. No, he is. I was going to ask where, though. Is he in county or where do we have him? Do we know? Gen Pop? General John? population. Oh, he's in Shawshank. Yeah, I, I he's no, in Shawshank. I have no clue, Kenny. I, I All right. No okay. Shawshank. Thanks, yep. Rick. Yep. Police are investigating uh, investigating the incident that you mentioned earlier, Joe. Multiple gunshots hit a daycare center in Minneapolis while kids were meeting Santa Claus. Mm. Last night, no injuries luckily reported. According to Police Chief Brian O'Hara, at about 5.15, officers with MPD and the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office heard seven shots fired in the area of 34th Avenue North and Penn Avenue North. Police canvassed the area shortly after arrested a man for weapons violations after he was found with a gun. O'Hara said the officers later found discharged casings in an alleyway near 33rd Avenue North and Penn. Police then discovered that at least two rounds hit a daycare nearby, shattering one window and damaging another. Children had been in the room immediately before the gunfire damaged the building, but luckily nobody in the room when the gunfire hit, according to the chief. He said that there were children in the daycare, though, at the time of the incident, but they were in a different room 
meeting Santa Claus. Police believe there's one other suspect at large with at least one other weapon that was not recovered from the scene. Video from a ring doorbell received from a viewer uh, shows the windows getting shot out at 5.17 p.m. We uh, used to work with a young lady. And her mother operated an in-home daycare in the Roseville area. And uh, not to make light of anything that happened, because it's a horrific story that John just read. But one of the things that she and her sister did at her mother's home daycare was anytime that there was a loud noise outside of the home, she would scream at the top of her lungs in front of the kids, drive by, and they would all hit the floor. Oh my at God. the uh, home daycare. And the kids would then go home and tell mom, hey, guess what we did at daycare today? We had a drive-by. Right. <laughs> that is as funny and ridiculous as that is. That has to be the rule in Minneapolis. Oh, if yes. you operate an in-home daycare, you've got to teach drive-by. Kids, the when same, I say drive-by, you drop. The same way they teach in school, uh, school shooter drills. Yep. That's where we're at. And if any of you knew, like the five of us do, if you knew the Morosak family, none of this would come as a surprise to you. (laughs) Yeah, it was Melly. Melly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you ever meet her parents? I think I have. They're more outrageous than she is. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah. 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 Well, you can't go to that softball game sober. (laughs) Get over to the bar. Uh, Star Tribune reporting today its owner, Glenn Taylor, is setting up a new foundation that will donate to charity the proceeds from thousands of acres of ag land that he rents to farmers. Taylor's farmland in southern Minnesota and northern Iowa, valued at $172 million, could generate several million bucks a year in lease payments. Those proceeds will go in perpetuity toward childhood education, rural initiatives, and other philanthropic Mm. priorities set by the new Taylor Family Farmers Foundation. His farmland has, in his words, been a really good investment, and he said this is the right thing to do. We're fortunate as a family to have the resources and how we can help. The 82-year-old Taylor, who has a net worth of about $3 billion, is the richest Minnesotan, according to Forbes. He said he wants his philanthropy in southern Minnesota to be as much a part of his life legacy as all of his business success. I have a Glenn Taylor question. Go. He and Mrs. Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, attend every home Timberwolves game. Courtside. Do they have a residence in Minneapolis or do they drive all the way back to Mankato after every game? My guess is they have. Uh, they got to have a condo or something, yeah, don't they? Older. You could probably he's, afford it. Well, no, I know, but cabin. I mean, I'm well, that's, got the cabin. that's quite a quite a feat if he's if they're packing into the car and heading back to Mankato not, every night. Why not use the helicopter? Or maybe he's got a helicopter to do it. I don't know. Maybe. I thought your question was going to be for Mr. Taylor. Will you please buy the Pioneer Press? No, you won't because he doesn't want to assume all that pension debt. Joe, take a guess on the rental rate per acre for tillable. I have no, I wouldn't even. Just give me, I've got 100 acres. I've got 100 acres per acre. What am I going to charge you for rent? 500 a month. No, per acre? Yeah. (laughs) It's a, you know what? Let's I told just, you. I told you. I had no idea. Mind. Let's just. Well, skip. how much is it a month? Uh, it's uh, just under two. Uh, it's not a monthly rate. Okay. It, it's Even usually a farm. Uh, I shouldn't have done this. No. How I, much this is, is it? How much is it? Just under two hundred dollars an acre. Usually once a year. Oh. Yeah. Boy, I, I can yeah. get a hell of a lot of land for five hundred a month. It's well, again uh, not a monthly. Yeah. Thing. It's yeah, I'd want mine to be monthly. Two so there. Well, I'm renting your farm by the month. Yep. 
I'll plant soybeans. Done deal. GLers, I apologize for the mistake I just And here to explain the difference between tillable and non-tillable is GarageLogic's Matthew Mikulski. Well, when you run up to the till, um, you punch in numbers and you it, it, it computes what you owe someone. Got it. Okay, so yep. if you're going to count the acres, right. you go up to the till and you say, what are my tillable acres? How much do I owe you? Right. And it computes that, prints out a receipt, and then you go on, you make your payment, and you leave the till. Right. And such. <laughs> I, <laughs> rescind, and such. I rescind my apology. That yes. was beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you, Matthew. Yeah. You, you all, saved the segment. Almost everything can run through the till. It's, right. It means it's tillable. You know? How much is a newspaper? Well, it's tillable. Let's go to the tillable till. And, or tillable and billable. Let's go. Tillable T and, and billable. B. They go together. All right. Uh, thanks. It's, we uh, go together. Three past one. Thanks for tuning into Ag News today. And we'll have some swap shop right after we hear from our buddy, yeah. the rookie. Hi. Howard Viking here. And I want to tell you. Who was the guy in the neighbor years ago who did the farm news? Chuck Lilligren. Because it was real farm news. Yes. I mean, and farmers were... Well, what yeah. did you expect? Man? No, I mean, it was, it was a serious part of their program. Oh, oh, I see. They had okay. you, farmers uh, listening. Have I told oh, you my Chuck Lilligren story? No. No, I'd like to hear it. He got gassed uh, for some reason at CCO, which was a mistake. Uh, they hired him at AM 1500 to be co-host of the morning show with a guy named Chris O'Connor. Chris was oh the gosh. formerly with Buck and O'Connor on yes. KDWB. Um, and it was kind of a, a morning show the way Vanita's show is now on CCO, a news-based show. Yeah. And <laughs> Chris did most of the heavy lifting. And Chuck sat there and would fall asleep with his <laughs> microphone open and snore on the air, mm, and yeah. O'Connor and I would not turn his mic off. We Maybe just that's left why you got gassed at the neighbor. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, on K, uh, KSTP, yeah, uh, Lauren I, and Freddie. Yeah, and I know Lauren, what you're going to say. Freddie would uh, doze <laughs> off, just doze but off. he wouldn't snore. He'd it'd be... <sighs> <laughs> And he'd be sitting straight up, but his eyes were closed. Yep. Oh, yep. And then Lauren is sitting right next to him. Yeah. But yep. that show was a big biller. I mean, that show was an earner. What, O'Connor uh, and Lillian? No, no, no. Freddie uh, and the, Lauren? The garden Freddie show. Lauren. Yeah, yeah no, was. No, they, uh, well, they were two great Lilligan guys. Show was two not, great human yeah, beings. Yeah. Oh, that was a. I worked that show Saturday mornings news. It was so Did that much precede fun. Sports Talk? Yes. Yep. It did. Yeah. Okay. It was on oh, that's double joist. Didn't the guy stay on hold? No, I, I think that was... Uh, no, yeah, that, no, that followed. That, that's it, Joe. That yeah. followed. He was still on oh, home, home for and home garden. garden. Yeah, home. Yep. It would have been a Lauren question. About that went Lauren. from 8 to 10, yeah. sports talk 10 to noon, and then yeah. Yates and I did noon to 3. On Saturdays? Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Do you remember who Lauren Conan's predecessor was? No. Yeah, I worked with him. Dave something. Dave Prokup. Yeah, yeah. Remember, Dave he would Prokop. fly in seven seconds prior to the theme ending. Yeah, he just he was just calling it in. He was. Uh, yep. I think they they let. Well, I don't want to say anything. He didn't do anything illegal, but they just they ended up letting him go. Counterclockwise expansion. Yep. <laughs> that is one of the chairmen's upstairs. That's his favorite highlight to introduce and to no anyone one, that comes to town. No one will ever appreciate what it took to keep Pat. Quiet. I, I, I can, Pat I can kept say, saying, 
Well, get rid of this guy. Hey, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> why is he out here? Hey, we're doing a sport. Pat, we need to talk no. about the twins. Yeah. No, Mocha Chocolata. <laughs> hey, Dave, I want some Mocha Chocolata. Uh, I, can go. Yes. I can hear you yes. doing that yes. while you're... <laughs> but the best is after, though, Pat's reaction is... You said, I hope somebody will set him straight. And then Pat's like, yeah, hey, buddy, uh, give your buddy a call. Set him straight there. uh, Hey, help him out here. Uh, Like he's talking to someone. Oh, my God. Brooke, uh, why why don't you uh, take it away here? I will take it away. And I'm going to tell you about the fine folks at... Zero res. Yes. That's right. <laughs> that is yeah. right. What a gift zero res is. You know, Kenny was talking about going to do your Christmas shopping. Well, why don't you call zero res? Surprise your wife or your hubby or your partner. Or both. Or your, what is it? Uh, what are these? Um, domestic associate. Domestic associate. Yes. Tis the season to be jolly and clean. Well, shouldn't that be year round? That's why zero res cleans carpets and will clean out your air ducts year-round. But this is a good month to do it because they've got the Rook GL Special. Three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $129. Your air ducts take 75 bucks when you get your air ducts zero res clean. Uh, reviews, only 17000 Rating on Google, only 4.9. This is a great company. And I use zero res, and so many others in this uh State have used Zero Res because they have a very good reputation. They stand behind every single cleaning. Yes, they do, Joe. And I want you to get three rooms Zero Resified. <laughs> Clean your stupid garage floor. It's not even carpeted, but they know how to do it. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. 952-Zero-Res. Again, Rook Special, 129 bucks off. Your uh, three rooms zero resified and 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts zero-res clean. 952-Zero-Res or online at zeroresminnesota.com. Can I tell you something? I cool. spilled a can of pop yep. on some wood steps. Stumbling? I think it was uh, cherry pop for some reason. Okay. And then when I wiped it up, it cleaned the wood like it's never been cleaned before. Joe, when I worked in the Coke factory just out of high school, the the forklifts would lay down rubber on the concrete. Yeah. We cleaned it with Coca-Cola. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a <laughs> secret there somewhere. I do on. have a question for Matthew, though, regarding Zero Res. What you got, bro? There's some cheese in our carpet from a fondue party back oh. in 77. I'm going to we'll, throw up. <laughs> will Zero Res <laughs> clean that that. <laughs> Oddly fondue enough, for January, oh. it's the, the cheese, cheese from special? the fondue party from 77 special. <laughs> I bet they could. They power. They got power wash and stuff. They got everything. They will be able to get it cleaned out. Cheese in the carpet. Yeah. I can't think of anything more grotesque. That's, Thank you. Thank you. That's down there. <laughs> yeah. Zero res. <laughs> The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere. That's going to be the name of my new podcast starting in January. Just touch it. Just touch it. 
You know, that's a glowing endorsement of why you need to be a member of the town council yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. That was, man, that was about a, what, we learned a little bit. Time. Yeah, we learn a little bit more about each other every day, don't we? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Good Lord. And, uh, I didn't even tell you the story of why I sold Lauren my boat. What? I, I sold him my boat. Yeah. I'll tell you some other oh. time. Okay. Then we had to go for a ride. Oh, Turn the left at the into the woods, William. <laughs> you woke up in the parking lot, right? <laughs> no, the ride was on some lake in western Hennepin County that was just a piece of crap lake. <laughs> Tree stumps in it. Yes, right. and, it, yeah. and it was coffee colored. It was just oh. it was all it was all this runoff that was poisoned the lake. My kids want to go swimming. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you bring your suit? Yeah. <laughs> we should point out to everybody listening that Lauren is one of the nicest men you can no, ever I run Lauren across. Cronin. Yeah, oh, I never run a hell of a guy. Hell love of a guy. him dearly. Yeah. Uh, divided Colorado Supreme Court on Tuesday declared former President Trump ineligible to run for the uh, presidency for the yeah. White House under the U.S. Constitution's insurrection clause. I got a new theory. We got to start treating this guy with reverse psychology. The Colorado Supreme Court should have said, we welcome Mr. Trump to the election. And the media should start saying, go Don, cheer for him, do everything, do reverse psychology. Everything else has been tried and he won't go away. Well, he's not going to go away. Reverse psychology. But this is going to make him more popular. All this will do is enhance his victim status. It's going to make him more popular. Does this signal the end of democracy? He does. I don't think that's an exaggeration. So keeping a candidate off the ballot, that's not something some banana republic third world country well, would you, do? If you want to get technical about it, uh, yeah, you don't want courts deciding who can run for office and who can't. Thank you. Uh, but uh, He was acquitted on this question, by the way. Yeah, but these morons, they, they played it wrong. You All you're doing is giving him fodder. You're just building them up with this. But they think they're doing the opposite of that. They think they're following the law, but I'm not sure they are. It's the first time the 14th Amendment's ever been used. Yeah, it's Section 3, oh, and it yeah. was put in place uh, after the Civil War. Right. I, I, now, part of this conversation bugs me only because we keep saying they. This case was brought by Republican voters, not Correct. the Democrats. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Right. So it wasn't Democrats that brought this. No, Republican voters who want him on the ballot. Off the ballot. No. Off the ballot? Yes, they want him not to be able to And this was for the primary only. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and this is just a case of the Democrats sitting back and watching the Republicans eat their own. They don't have to do anything. Right, right. And uh, now they were all all four of the votes on on this court, though, Colorado, were appointed by Democratic governors. So you, you can say that it was a four to three vote, and the four justices who voted that way were all appointed by Democrats. And the next stop would be the United States Supreme Court, correct? Correct. Which might yes. get this case. Yeah. Right. Do you want to hear what section might get three? Might today. Do you want to hear what the 14th Amendment says? Section I only three? want section three. No person shall hold any office, civil or military, under the United States who, having previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. 
So he didn't on that day say, go get a, uh, well, he, he didn't say, uh, help me here. He didn't say, go invade the Capitol. <laughs> he didn't say, break down the walls, get in there. But he did offer some kind of sideways encouragement, right? He said something about fighting, fight the good fight. And or something this is like a that. case where uh, in Minnesota, this was tried and it was determined that he could stay on the ballot. Right. In Colorado, the justices ruled that they believe he engaged in insurrection. Right. It's going to vary from he, court to court. He lost in Colorado big last time around and probably will again, but the fear of uh, Trump folks is that if this goes to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court says that's fine, he can be off the right. ballot. There's 25 states total that have brought right. this up to say, let's take him off the ballot. So at that point, the other states would then be inclined to go, right. hey, Colorado. And then that gets back to my initial question. Is this a democracy anymore? Well, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. And uh if we do reach a point in this country where all candidates must be approved by a court, then we've lost everything. You've lost democracy. You've lost yes. the republic. Yeah. You've yeah. lost well, everything. Yeah. What What would bar them? I guess would be the other side of the argument, though, right? I, I would. I'm just you know. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, if if he was involved in insurrection, would that yeah. bar? Should that bar him? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's a violation he, of the Constitution. If, yeah, if he incited an insurrection, but like uh, I think he was acquitted of that, was he not? Back but in not, uh, not spring. in a court, not in a court. Oh, it, he's oh. right now. Yeah, I think he has twenty charges concerning January sixth. Uh, that he's but there's ninety one charges total right now that he's charged with. It's a hair that's going to be split yeah, many yeah. many ways because he literally didn't go to the Capitol and break a window. Yeah, but it. We all know it didn't break his heart that people did. What happens if, and I guess this is all legalese that we probably don't know, but let's say the Supreme Court says, well, that he hasn't been convicted. What if he is convicted after the fact? I guess there's no way to oh, take him off that's the ballot, a right? Great question. Uh, I'm I'm just curious what, you know. And then the other question I've seen brought up actually on social media is, does this mean if he wins the election this year, that Joe Biden can stay in office and say, well, I'm, I'm not leaving. I don't believe. You know what? I don't. I see that happening for, for until the end of time in this country. Every I see, that, hap we have. I see that happening election. no matter who wins and who loses. <laughs> and I have one more absurd question. What if, and I know it won't happen, but what if he won Colorado in, in a write-in candidate situation? I know it won't happen, but let's theorize that it, it did. Then, then the courts have he, nothing to say because he won, he won. with a write-in vote, hmm. right? Right, and he—I right. would—you could see that happening. I think, as in the primary, couldn't you? I—I uh, yeah. don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm but if this psycho uh, gets to the general election and loses, he'll claim it. He did lose. Yeah, well, right. we're going to lie for another four years. Yeah. But you remember uh, all anyway. of this? This played out on the Democrat side far be uh, before this with George the Second, right? W and Gore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's still people that argue the other side of that, too. Yeah. So you're right. It'll never it, stop. It, yeah, it'll it's just going to keep going for, in yeah, perpetuity.
Uh, the court did stay its decision until January 4th or until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on the case. Colorado officials say the issue must be settled by January 5. That is the deadline for the state to print its presidential primary ballots. Now, Trump and his lawyers have already said uh, that obviously they will appeal this. Opinions on both sides quickly lined up. Republican politicians, including those running against Trump for the GOP nod for the presidency, including Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis speaking out against the ruling, as did other prominent members of uh, of the GOP. Uh, one of the folks speaking out uh, in favor of the Colorado court is Michael Ludig. He's the former conservative favorite judge who said uh, it was a good decision and it should stay that way. But I guess we'll just see how the Supreme Court ends up ruling on, on the whole thing. Well, the Supreme Court might get this as soon as this week. Yes. Well, they have to get it in the next right. 10 days. Otherwise, right. it goes into effect. So, Or not 10 days, I guess 15 days, give or take. Now, can the Supreme Court refuse to hear it? Yeah, in which case what? Uh, then it goes into effect. Then he's it not goes on the into ballot. effect. Yeah, he's not on the ballot. So, Americans who owe back taxes will be given an incentive to pay up after the Internal Revenue Service said Tuesday it would waive about $1 billion in late payment penalties. About 4.6 million individual taxpayers who owe for tax years 2020 and 2021 will be eligible for the penalty relief. The IRS is extending the olive branch because it stopped sending out collection letters during the pandemic. It hoped the letter halt would help struggling taxpayers and reduce its backlog. The long absence of the computer-generated letters had big consequences for taxpayers. Americans' debt on unpaid back, ta uh, back taxes had been growing with interest and penalties, and many were likely in the dark about just how much they actually owed. Dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates will be named in court documents set to be released in the first days of 2024. The pedophile's powerful friends are set to be exposed as part of a vast unsealing that a judge ordered this week that'll have to take place within 14 days. Oh, that's going to be fun. Mm. Some 177 people will be identified across hundreds of files, which will shed new light on the late financier's sex trafficking operation and his network of influence. Judge Loretta Preska wrote unsealed in full next to the names of 177 people who are Epstein's friends, recruiters, victims, and others whose names will be revealed when the material is released in the coming weeks. Okay, yes, wait a minute. Uh, you can just see where this is going yep. with uh, uh, tied up in courts. Right. Uh, you're going to release 170 names. That doesn't mean 170 people are guilty of anything. No, they might have known the guy. Just on the yeah. flight logs, right? Uh, well, not, if not it's 170 them, no. people oh. who flew on Lolita, that's one thing. If it's just 170, who are these 170 well, people? It might. This other story I read said it, it's people that were employed by him, gardeners, even people who took. So it could be anybody. You're right. Somebody had said it's going to be a shame when all of these suicides happen as a result of these names being released. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe this will turn out to be a big to do about nothing. Yeah. Oh, I be. I don't think so. Well, the likes of Bill Gates is not going to get prosecuted for anything. Not in this country. Allegedly, Bill Gates. Well, what I said, the likes of Bill Do Gates. Do you think this is anything beyond um, a, a sex ring, like it's being sold to us? I have no idea. Who's the gal that's always pictured rubbing his feet? That's Giselle. Oh, Mac, that, she's kind of cute. You know, she's in prison, isn't she? Uh, she's oh, yeah, prison, she's in the yeah. can, yeah. yeah. She was the recruiter. She's, she's in cell by block D. Yeah. Are we shocked she's still alive? I certainly am. She's not down in Shakopee, is she? 
No. Wait for, uh, you know when she gets out? She's no. kind of good looking. I, I could be Tuesday? waiting down there. She might need a you ride. You need a ride? <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Well, now that I've moved out of town, you may as well take over. <laughs> Kenny needs a replacement. Do I have to go I weekly? Run, I ain't running down to Shakopee. Oh, There's a what? mental institution all close by me here. I might yeah. go to that one. 22, 22, 22. Story on the population growth that we talked about. I never know how to, never know how to get into growth? these stories. The number of immigrants to the U.S. jumped to the highest level in two decades this year, driving the nation's overall population growth, according to estimates released by the U.S. Census Bureau. The U.S. added 1.6 million people, more than two-thirds of which came from international migration, bringing the nation's population total to 334.9 million people. This would mark the second year in a row that immigration powered population gains. A decline in the number of deaths since the depths of the COVID-19 pandemic all also contributed to the U.S. growth rate. The vast majority of growth, 87%, came from the South, a region the Census Bureau defines as stretching from Texas to Maryland and Delaware. But the concentration of growth seen during the height of the pandemic in Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and Georgia diminished a bit in 2023 despite their gains. Meanwhile, Minnesota, one of 11 states that lost population in 2022 but gained population in 2023. The state was down 4,400 people in 2022. Minnesota gained 23,615 people in 2023. The U.S. And- census, sorry, Kenny, the U.S. census net <laughs> domestic migration by state from April 1st, 2020 to July 1st, 2023. Minnesota is at negative 45,976 in 43rd place, California is last with almost 1.2 million people leaving the state of California. Wait so a minute. Two, the That's first two not... years of that, they lo- we lost 41,000. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't the math tell you that? According to what I'm seeing, Reavers, it says here California was still the nation's most populous state with 38.9 million residents, though it lost more than. 75,000 residents this year. Yeah, because this is from April 1st of 2020 to July 1st of 2023. And and John, this is all legal immigration, correct? Um, On the the books, legal. I actually looked this up this morning. Uh, The Census Bureau will count legal or illegal depending on if they actually contact those people. Yeah, they have to come in contact with them to Correct. count them. Yes, gotcha. Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. Thank you, John. Yes, sir. We'll uh, we'll return shortly. Thank you, Suchi boy. <laughs> Welter heating. Yes, it's beautiful weather we're having right now for the middle of December. However, just around the corner, you know what's waiting for you there? The Grinch, the weather Grinch. That's going to get cold, and you're going to really, truly rely on your heat. I know your heater's probably on already. The furnace is running. But if there is any problem, I want this to be in the back of your head. Ray and Welter Heating. Online at welterheating.com. Four generations, 100 years of history, of know-how. Their techs are are certified and will know exactly what you're working on there. With the heating, with the cooling unit that's got to get put away, with the air purification system. Don't mess around with that. Don't tinker. Don't DIY. If you think you can DIY, go to welterheating.com, click on the blog, and you may find the answer that you need to a problem that might not be that large. So go to welterheating.com. 
you want to call someone, 612-825-6867, 612-825-6867. They're online at welterheating.com. And, of course, it's the end of the year now when Christmas is done, that one week where you're like, ooh, I really want to donate to a charity. Why don't you check out secondstork.org? Courtesy of the Welter family, you can drop your donations at secondstork.org. Find out how to donate. The Welter family supports Second Stork, and we appreciate that. Welterheating.com, 612-825-6867. Let them know you heard it on Garage Logic. Well, we're waiting. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Only because they come to us all the way on this day from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Lake Las Vegas. So Tom Alignman was in town for, to go to a Christmas party. Now he's back in Vegas. That's where Mrs. Lyman is, Jessica. And then uh, they'll get all straightened out and resume their world travels. But it's only because they come to us all this way that it's this day in Minnesota history. Is Lake Las Vegas different than, what's the other one? Lake Mead? Uh, I, I don't know my Nevada lakes except for Tahoe. Okay. Uh, uh, December 20th. On this day. 12 2 in 1847, St. Croix County, Wisconsin Territory was given a parcel of land in Stillwater for a county courthouse. Finished in 1849, the building was the first courthouse in what is now Minnesota. Hmm. On this day, December 20th, in 1850, Eli Pettijohn, Pettijohn purchased the land-grant patent for a portion of the area that is now St. Paul's Hamlin Midway neighborhood. Patty John farmed near Fort Snelling and later settled in Minneapolis. This plat of land was sold over time to other speculators and developers, including Horace S. Thompson, Amherst Wilder, and Henry H. Sibley. Part of it became Hamlin University in 1874 and Newell Park in 1908 and then was subdivided for private homes. On this day, December 20th, in 1863, the American House burned in St. Paul, a landmark in early photographs and paintings of the area. The hotel stood at 3rd and Exchange Streets. And on this day in 1902, December uh, 20th, Clearwater County was established, named for Clearwater Lake and River. Hmm. Carlton Carver Cast, Chippewa, Chisago Clay, Clearwater Cook. Cottonwood and Crow Wing are your are your sea counties. Mm-hmm. Two quick things: yeah. Lake Mead and Lake Las Vegas are two completely separate bodies of water. And also on this day, courtesy of Dan Minnesota in Minnesota sports history, 1981, the Vikings lost to Kansas City 10 to six in the final game ever played at Metropolitan Stadium. He included your column on the well. Game. It sounded like a, a battle in World War One. <laughs> People had sledgehammers and sawzalls. And <laughs> on this day, oh, I thought you were done. In 1902, a fierce fire discovered shortly after 2 a.m. at the school for the feeble-minded. In Faribault, badly uh. damaged the main building and <laughs> caused the safe evacuation of more than 300 people who had been sleeping in the structure. Unable to get their ladder wagon to the school, local firemen dragged a hose through the building and up four flights of stairs to the attic and brought the flames under control. 
I wow. know a group of young men that had a, a shirt with that school on it, and it was given to the slowest runner in practice. Ooh. School for the feeble-minded. I would have been an A student at that school. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, on this day... December 20th. In 2017, the last Boeing 747 jumbo jet in the Delta Airlines fleet made its final landing at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. The long-distance luxury jet introduced in 1968 put Minnesota-based Northwest Airlines, which merged with Delta in 2008, on the international flight map. That that plane nice. you could used to used to see it flying to Tokyo every weekend, yeah, yeah. and you could just stick a nine iron up, and it looked like you could touch the bottom of that plane. North Central Airlines, Republic Airlines, Northwest Airlines, and then Delta. North Central, did you get that's them? The, yeah, that's what it started with. With the uh, what was it? Herman the Goose. Remember the goose on the side of the uh, plane? But that wasn't. I remember the goose, but I remember the Northwest was different than the ones you mentioned. It they were bought out. It started as North Central, turned into Republic, turn, and then Northwest Airlines bought that. Oh, and then Delta came along and bought Northwest. Remember the name of the guy who came in here, got himself rich, and screwed it all up. Al Checky. Al Checky. Yeah. Wonder where he is now. Look it up, Rook. Probably I'm curious. Bora Bora. He's Not probably a billionaire Lauren somewhere. Lauren Conan still is doing mighty fine, living in Hamill at 82. Good, Lauren. Yes. Good. Uh, was Al Checky hated more or less than Norm Green? I would ooh, say less. Boy, probably less than Norm. But Al Checky. Al uh, Checky, he comes up here. Uh, mm. He is a businessman, business career. Let's see. Uh, Checky counters that he protected the company from asset strippers, and he helped triple the value of North Air, Northwest Airlines stock. He amassed a net worth of about $700 million. Well, that's not bad. Does not say what he's doing Today. Does it say how old he is? Uh, Checky is 75. Oh, is that all? He's a young man. Alfred oh. Atalito Checky. Mm-hmm. He ran College for the governorship of California. He, he did run? Yeah. Huh. Ran, ran against Lieutenant Governor Gray Davis and U.S. Congressman Jane Harmon. And lost Let, to Gray Davis. Yeah, he led in the early polls but fell quickly. Yeah. It was time to throw in the Davis there. Yes, it was. Thank you, G. Ellers. Thank you, GLers. Did you have mutton last night? Nope. Okay. Uh, subscribe to YouTube. <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to Crush Logic. You're going to answer the bleeping question. Oh, he got me again? Yes. Did you have mutton last night? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he looks like there's more. Is that it? Oh, okay. Uh, that's YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe. Uh, town Council. Go to crosslogic.com. It's a great Christmas time. No more Hanukkah gifts. The oil lasted eight days for the Festival of Lights. Uh, you can become a council member. $10 a month, $100 for the year. Ouch. And be entertained like no other. We're going to find out what happened to Joe's hand Paper cut. right after this. Joe, you want to come over and see the village and eat some sandwiches? Don't bleep yourself. <laughs> no, no beer. Well, he'd have one, but it'd be a, a Coors Light from about 1983. <laughs>